who's having a great start to the year? First week? Hallelujah. It is wonderful to be in this new year. And um, it, it is amazing, isn't it, in a, in a new year, how one year closes. There's something that happens. And, you know, the new year opens. There's something spiritual about it. And I do believe that, that God's in that. He resets us and refocuses things in our lives so that we can go into a new year, a new chapter, expectant and ready for what he's going to do. 2024 is going to be an absolutely wonderful, wonderful year. I believe it. We're going to see greater things in God, healings, deliverances, and, and wonderful, wonderful new dimensions of Christ's life in our lives. You believe in for that? Amen. Wonderful. Well, we're going to do things a little bit different this morning. Faye and I are going to minister to you and share with you our church vision. I know, um, you know, a number of us may be new to the church. A number of us obviously know the vision of the church, but uh, we would, we thought it would be great and really an opportune time right at the outset of this year to share with you our vision as a church so that you can be encouraged and you can be, you can be strengthened. And when we read through God's word, we see how important and powerful vision is for our lives. It's important to have a vision. It's, it's important to know what that vision is. For instance, when the Lord spoke to Habakkuk, the prophet, Habakkuk was commanded by the Lord to write down the vision that God gave him. And God told him to make it plain, to write it down on tablets so that after he had made it plain and written it down, those who read the vision would be able to run with it to fulfill it. So, it's important for us to understand what our vision is. It's important to make it plain so that together we can run with it. Together we can fulfill it. And together we can see our lives fruitful in that. Let me read to you Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, from Habakkuk chapter 2, just verse 2, where God spoke to Habakkuk about, about this. The Lord said, to Habakkuk this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. That's the purpose of a vision. Not just so that we can read it, not so that it can just remain theoretical, but so that we can read it understand it, and then set our lives in line with it to run to fulfill it. We've written our vision down. You may have seen this little booklet. It's a great little booklet. It's, it's packed with our vision, really. Um, our welcome home booklet. You may have read it, and you would have seen our vision within that, within this little booklet. If you haven't picked one of these up, I, I would love you to, to read this. If, if Kings is your home, and if you've planted your life here, I would love you to pick one of these up at the end of the service and just read through it at your, you know, at your leisure and pray over it. Think about it. Meditate on it so that you can read the vision, understand it, and then run to fulfill it. I tell you, it's exciting. It really is to have a God-inspired vision at the heart of our church so that we can, we can use it to bring glory to God with our lives. And that really is the motivation behind any vision. It's to bring glory to God with our lives practically as we outwork it and do it. There's a verse in, in Isaiah chapter 60 that's very powerful. And um, it, it says this, I think it's either in verse 4 or verse 5, in, in certain translations, this is how it's put. Isaiah said this, those who see together 
flow together and their hearts are enlarged. Think about that for a moment. Those who see together, flow together, and their hearts are enlarged. Really, that's the purpose of our vision. That's the purpose when we read it. We see it together. And then as a result, as we, as we uh, not only see it together, but set our lives to outwork it, we begin to flow together as a body of people, as a family. We flow together. And then as we flow together to outwork this word that God has given us in this church, our hearts are enlarged. That means our hearts swell up and rejoice and are glad. And uh, when you look at the, the workforce in this, in this house, it's, it's wonderful to see that. We're seeing together. Our lives are connected and flowing one with another. And it's, it's just wonderful to, to see that enlargement of our heart in the things that, that we walk together in. So I encourage you, see it, read it, work it out and flow with others to achieve it. And then you will truly, truly see an enlargement of your heart as you root your life in these, these things. One of the best things about, about vision is not only knowing it, but actually working it out. Seeing it outworked in our lives every day as we live. Just walking under the blessing of a God-inspired vision practically. Seeing it fruitfully practiced in our lives. And I love how year in, year out, we see that here in this church. So there's three key words that we use to encapsulate what's at the heart of our church vision. And these words are... Very simple, reach, renew, and release. And we use these words to point to key biblical values that we want to characterize our church. Everything that we do as a church are under one of those headings. And they're under one of those headings just so that we can make things simple, make things understandable, and work the vision work the vision through. Brilliant. So this morning, we're going to begin by looking at the first word that you see in our vision, which is the word reach. And really, that word reach encapsulates two key areas. It's reaching out towards one another. And it's also reaching out to the world in which we live. And when we look at those two priorities, we see them in the gospel. We see how the gospel is filled with reaching to one another and reaching to the world in which we live. And because they're at the heart of the gospel, we really want them to be at the heart of our church family and at the heart of our lives too. So why is our reach so important? This morning, we're going to begin, first of all, by looking at our reach to one another. And the scripture we're going to look at is found in John 13. And it says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He repeats that quite a lot, doesn't he, Jesus? He says that quite a lot in that verse. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. And then people will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. Jesus really places such priority on the fact that loving one another is to be at the heart of our lives. And like I said, we want it to be at the heart of our church. When we look at the early church, we see how they actually made that practical and how that was outworked in the way that they fellowshiped and prioritized being together in the temple, which for us is this kind of setting that we're doing today, our Sunday services, and also then how they met in people's homes. And that's really how the early church grew 
in such strength. That's really how we see them um, beginning to multiply is the fact that they had love for the house of God and they had love for one another and it characterized their lives. Through fellowship, we really begin to see that at work. And this morning, we just want to share practically just some of those things. Do you know that scripture in John 13, where Jesus said, love one another. He was talking about and is talking about a life commitment. That's what it is. It's a life commitment. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you... You can't leave this church, right? And you can't move on because people do move on. And it is a joy as as pastors here and as leaders, you know, when when those times come to be able to release people well into into the next phase of their life if they're moving somewhere uh, on in God. But generally, generally, it's a life commitment, You know, we don't come into church casually. We don't put our roots down into a church lightly. Jesus is talking about a life commitment of love to one another. And, um, you know, like I was thinking about this just, just in preparation for this morning. Like I've been in this church for 30 years. 30 years. And, And others have too, right? That's a long time. That is a life commitment of love, practically, to the people in this church. It's not because I'm a consistent person. It's not because, you know, of any, any real virtue that, that I have, really. But I realized as a young person that Jesus wants me to be in his family and he wants me to give a life commitment into his house amongst his people so that I might grow. I've been the recipient of much love and much patience over the last 30 years. Honestly, many people around me have loved on me, have blessed me. They have loved me as Christ has loved them. I can honestly say that. So, so what Jesus is talking about here is a lifelong commitment. It's a life commitment of love one to another. Listen, without conditions. Without conditions. That's a challenge in part of it. But you know what? We can do it. We can do it. There will be challenges there will be, you know, there, we will rub each other up the wrong way sometimes, like, like any family, like, like happens in any family. But there's great forgiveness in the house of God. There's great patience because the love of Christ is, is in us. Now, do you know, when we, when we plant our lives in, in the house of God, great blessing is ours. It really is. King David said these words, and I know you'll be familiar with this, this verse, but it's, it's so important to, to remind ourselves of these words that David spoke in Psalm 92, verse 13, where, where he said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. Amen. Do you know, we can look around this place. We can look at one another's lives. You know, some of us are getting gray. Others of us are losing our hair. Right? And, you know, in many ways, you know, our, our outer man is perishing. In, in, you know, as we get older. But isn't it wonderful in other ways? Right? We're flourishing. In other ways, we're still fresh and vibrant. And we have a spirit that's fruitful. And as I look around this place and know many of you who have planted your life in this house, it's wonderful to see your life flourishing as mine is flourishing. 
because we flourish together, not because of anything in and of ourselves. We flourish together because we've made that life commitment to plant our roots into, into the house of God. You know, some people treat the house of God a bit like a hotel. They check in, and a week or two later, they check out. And that's okay. As a pastor, I've seen that. As pastors, we've seen that over the years many times. People come in. They just need a bit of rest. They need a holiday from life. So they check in for a couple of weeks into the church, and it's like a hotel. And you know what? If people do that, we'll embrace them, we'll encourage them, and we'll do our best to help them. Others use it like a hostel. Some use it like a hotel. Others use it like a hostel. They're in crisis. Their life may be broken in pieces. They come in and they need a safe place of protection. It's like a hostel. Seen that too. And uh, we'll be able, we, we will do everything we can to bless people who need it to be a hostel. But there are others, and I believe I'm speaking to this group this morning, that see it not as a hotel, not as a hostel, but as a home, as God's precious house, as a family where we can lay our roots down. And as a home, we place our love in it. As a home, we invest our lives in it. As a home, we, we give it our all because it is our home. And as we plant our lives, we flourish. And that means that we're fruitful that our lives are abundant. Yeah, they go through lots of different seasons, but ultimately they are God-glorifying. Amen. We have literally seen that for our family. Um, Dave's been here 30 years. I've been here 33 years. So um, I've been here since the age of 12. But honestly, if I look at my life and track my life from the age of 12 onwards, and we look at as we've had family and children, we've seen the blessing of God on our lives and seen our lives flourish as a result of being planted in the house of God. So reaching out to one another, what does that look like? How can we do that within the life of our church? Well, you know, we can reach to one another through our services when we meet, connecting with one another as we join together to lift up the name of Jesus and also be fed his word. But on top of that, there's other areas in which we're able to, um, to be together through fellowship, through serving in a team. We've got lots of different teams, some that meet throughout the week, some that kind of um, on a Sunday. But when we're in a team, we can find fellowship as we reach to one another. Also in connect groups, and we've got a little um, a picture that's going to come up on the screen of some of our connect group leaders that we have in our church. And like I've said before, connect groups are all about making big church small. It's about meeting with one another throughout the week um, and just doing it in smaller groups to fellowship with one another and be encouraged in the word and in our walk with Jesus. And then beyond that, we've also got like special interest groups. We've got Alpha taking place. We've got things that take place throughout the year where we've got opportunities to join with one another in fellowship and express the love that Jesus has for each one of us in those areas. Do you know, I just, um, when I looked at those pictures there, I saw a couple um, who, who have a connect group in their home, Menina and Jerome. Are Menina and Jerome in this morning? Menina, Jerome. Hey, look, this wonderful couple. Stand up a second. I don't like to make a point of people. Hey, let's give them a round of applause. Come on. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Menina and Jerome have got a connect group, and they are reaching into the lives of at least 50 people in their connect group. Imagine that. They had, they had a Christmas party, and there were 50 people that are associated and connected with their connect group. And I, I just thought it was wonderful when I heard that. You see, that is two lives 
that have the love of Jesus at work in them, and there's a there's a, a reach out into the lives around them. Fifty people in their in their connect group. I just thought that that was that was wonderful. That's the reach that we're talking about. Now, not all of those people will come to church. That doesn't matter. They go to Menina and Jerome's home, church in the home, and their lives are being a light into those other people's lives. Now, ultimately, it'd be wonderful one day if those people do decide that they can, you know, make this their home. But if they don't, at least they're reaching and serving and being a light to those who are around them. That's, what, that's, that's the power of our reach. I know there's other connect groups. Um, I was talking to Anne Matthews. I'm not sure if Anne is here this morning. You know, um, Anne had some challenges over Christmas, some big challenges in her health over Christmas. And, and I know many were praying for Anne um, over that period. And do you know what? In spite of all of the things that were happening in Anne's life over Christmas, she had a meeting with her connect group. She brought them into her home and they had a fantastic time. I was chatting with Anne. They had an absolutely fantastic time. And that's what I love about connect. I really do. You know, irrespective of what is happening in our lives, we can meet together. We can pray with one another. We had our connect group this week. Uh, just people in our home. And you know what? Absolutely loved it. Because people are speaking into my life, encouraging me. And just some of the discussions that we had, um, just in the time that we were together, seeing challenges that, that we face and praying for one another. It's ministering to one another. And honestly, like over this year, my heart, I would love to see many more connect groups in this church. I would. And I say that, right? I say that because I know the power of the small group. The small group is powerful. When we meet together, when we meet in our homes, there's something that happens, Whether even if it's on a social level, right? On a social level, we pray together. You know, we, we, we share the word of God with one another. And it doesn't matter if it's, a, if it's a group of 50 or if it's a group of two. It does not matter. Or a group of three. Jesus is there in the, meet, in the midst. So my heart, our heart, is really to see our connect groups grow in, in, over this year and in the years to come. It certainly is. When I first came to this church 30 years ago, I parked outside in my car, and um, I was scared to come in here. I was afraid, because I thought, I honestly thought, I would be rejected. I had all of these, I had all of this baggage that I was carrying. I was, a, I was, I loved Jesus. Um, I was born again, but I had a lot of baggage. And um, because of that baggage, I thought, you know what? I don't, know if I, I don't know if I can go into that place. There's a lot of new people. It's a big place. I don't know if they, they want to know me. And do you know what? I was, I was kind of toying with the idea not to come in. I really was. I was toying with the idea just to drive away and think, oh, do you know what? I'll back off. I didn't. I crossed the street, came in, and the first person to meet me, Dale Wood. And do you know, Dale came on to me. Nobody told Dale to come up to me and greet me. Nobody told Dale to, you know, just to be a friend, but he reached out to me. And um, do you know, other people did too. As I came on a Sunday, I couldn't tell you like the first five sermons that I heard in this church. But I can still tell you to this day, the first five people that I met. Carol Burgess, um, Phil Burton, 
Carol Burgess, Phil Burton, Dale and Alison Wood, James and Sally. Branded on my mind. I can't tell you the first five sermons, but the impact that those f f first five people had on my life is what is part of the reason why I'm still here today. Because of their love, because of their help, because of their support. I used to meet with Dale and Allison every Monday night in their home. Nobody told them to do that. They just opened their home. We prayed together, talk, talked about youth. James and Sally got me involved. Can you believe it? I used to play the guitar. Well, I used to turn the volume down and strum the strings because I couldn't play the guitar. But in my mind, it was playing the guitar. James, Sally encouraged me. Then I went on to, I went on to work in the children's church. Loving it with the kids. Brilliant, teaching them, running around the room, excited with them. Then I, I worked, I went on to work in outreach. Whether it was out on the streets, we used to go up to the bus station, we used to do all of these things in outreach. What was happening? My, my people were helping me to put my roots down. People were helping me to get planted into the house of God. You need the people that are around you to help you, to support you, to get planted into the life of God of this church if you consider this to be your home and I know I know all of us do allow people around you to plant you in a little bit deeper so that your life can flourish and become everything that God wants it wants it to be amen do you know what as pastors it is so encouraging for us to sometimes hear stories of people within our church reaching out to one another. And here's the thing, sometimes from the front we'll encourage um, you to get involved in something, but really, you know, there's so much that you guys can do reaching out to one another, and you do do. I love hearing about how people often may be meeting somebody for the first time and then inviting them to go for lunch with them. Or we've got people that are picking other people up and bringing them to um, church because they haven't got um, vehicles. I love hearing how one another are reaching out to each other, people who are messaging other people, encouraging them with the word of God, sharing a scripture in the week, offering to pray for somebody. And you know what? Our reach to one another is so, so powerful. So never think that oh, your conversation with somebody, asking them how their week is, never feel that that's insignificant. Because you taking that opportunity to do that, you never know where that will lead in their lives, whether a great friendship will form as a result of it, or it could be just that you might know, not realize, but you could be God's chosen person to help somebody. And your words may feel insignificant, but you have no idea about the impact that it may have on that person that may have been crying out to God for a word, crying out to God for somebody to come and speak to them. So each week when you're here and when you're at home, pray and say, Lord, how do you want to use me? Sometimes somebody may come up to you like myself, Claire, somebody and say, will you do this? But do you know what? Ask the Lord and say, how can I be used to reach somebody out? How, how can I be used to be an encouragement to somebody? And you'll find that as you initiate that, that your life, I know from my experience, that your life will grow and flourish. Sometimes we feel like, oh, it's a bit embarrassing taking the first step. But do you know what? As we take the first step, we're taking the first step with Jesus with us as well. And as we reach out to one another in love, to serve one another, to build one another up, to encourage one another, to help one another, it's amazing to see what God does. And I love that it says in John 13, it says, the love that they have for one another, that is how the world will know 
that we're his disciples. We're people from all different spheres and walks of life, yet together we're joined together because of Jesus. You won't see this happen out in the world at large. Typically, people join together because of shared interests, a shared hobby. They work together, but from people from all different walks of life, all different ways that we've journeyed together, we have the privilege because Jesus is at the center to reach to one another through love and to see our lives grow and flourish. For me, like Dave, I've been in the church since I was 12. And when I was 12, I joined the creche as a helper. And I loved it, helping out there. Then when I was a bit older, and somebody saw me, the praise and worship leader, and said, why don't you join the team? I used to go to church and on youth on a Friday. I'd be involved. Back then, we had a creative ministries for adults. I was involved in that. Over the years, I've been involved in teaching children, creative arts. I then was asked to become a youth leader. I can remember praying to the Lord after we had our first child and I could no longer be part of the worship team. I can remember saying, Lord, what's my next step in the church? I said, I'll do anything in the church. Just please don't get me to work with children. (laughs) The next week, I kid you not, the next week I got asked by the, um, to run the crash, to run the crash. And I was like, say what? I was thinking, Lord, somewhere along the line, our little conversation about me doing anything but not working with children hasn't got through to the pastor because like he's just asked me to run the crash. And I was at a real crossroads because I was like, I'm like, I've got, I'm with babies 24 seven and they're a blessing, but like, it'd be nice to have a bit of respite. But anyway, that was what I was asked to do. Faye, would you lead the crash? And I was like, Lord, what do I do here? And he did was silent naturally because like, um, you know, I was just giving my little ultimatums and God doesn't work according to our little ultimatums, does he? But do you know what? I was like, Lord, if I've been asked to serve in the crash, I am going to serve in the crash and I am going to do it to the best of my ability and I am going to do it with all of my heart. And do you know what? That time where I did that, even though I didn't want to do it, was a great time of blessing for me. I was surrounded by wonderful, wonderful people and I had the privilege of introducing new people to the team and it was a privilege to sow into the lives of our young children. I was actually involved in that team for over five years and really, really flourished in that. I've been involved in so many different aspects of church life. But what I love about being involved in the house of God is that you you are exposed to people with a heart for Jesus to encourage you on your journey. We all need encouragement, don't we? We all need to be encouraged in our journey. And and I love that the Bible says that God places us in families. This is God's plan. His plan is for us to be with one another because we strengthen each other. Also, we get to learn how to live the Bible. It's great to say, forgive those who do something against you. But sometimes, you know, it's in church that we get to put that into practice. We get to practice forgiveness. We get to practice patience. We get to practice self-control. We get to practice all of these things within the life of church. If I think about my journey here, in Kings, I can say that I have been inspired in my walk with Jesus as a result of planting myself with other people. I've been encouraged in my dreams. People have said to me, Faye, what do you want to do? And I'd be like, I don't know. And people have come alongside me and they've encouraged me and they've spoken into my life. I've been challenged in my thinking. You know, sometimes we don't always think right. And it's great to have people who's got the love of Jesus in their hearts that will come alongside and say, Faye, you know, the way you're thinking there or what you're saying, it doesn't quite line up with the way that Jesus is calling us to work. That's so important. I've needed in that in my life and I will continue to need that. I've been enlarged in my perspective. 
listening to stories and testimonies of how people have served God and seen God do things in their lives, watching people serve in season and out of season, I've been enlarged in my perspective. I've been enlarged in what I've seen. And I've been empowered so many times to have a go. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes when I've thought, I couldn't do this, there's some, that somebody far better to do the job than me. I've been championed by other people and say, no, Faye, you can do this. You don't have to be perfect. Church isn't about perfect people doing things perfectly. It's not that, okay? So if you look at people and you think, I could never do that because they seem to have it all together. Chances are we don't have it all together, but we're just stepping out and having a go. We're just doing it. Do you know when I was asked to lead the praise and worship team a few years ago? Oh my gosh, every week I go up here shaking. I am so nervous doing it, but I'm like, well, Lord... I'm not putting my, uh, my faith and my trust in myself, but I'm putting my faith and strength and trust in you to help me. Week in, week out, our church is filled with people like that that are empowered to have a go and to serve God and to watch how God actually uses the small that we bring and he enlarges it and he makes it bigger. It's so, so encouraging. I've been loved. Do you know I've had youth leaders sit on toilet floors as I've been sobbing my heart out, struggling with things, and they've wrapped their arms around me. Nobody sees that sometimes. We may not see those kind of things that you do, but Jesus sees them, and they have great impact in our lives. And in a world that is becoming more and more isolated, more and more cold, more and more doing things on their own, the importance of the way that God calls us to build our lives is to be rooted into family. You know, just I was thinking about even like in our Connect groups over the years we've been involved in Connect. Do you know what? Church is wonderful and it's so powerful our coming together. But mobilized into groups in different areas, it's amazing what can be accomplished. You know, it takes a lot of planning and preparation sometimes to gather a big group of people. But when it's just in homes, it's fantastic. You know, I think about our Connect groups and how we've reached to one another in our home but equally we've reached out to other people we've had our connect group um before there was a young girl a young woman should I say with three young children that had been through a really really tough time awful time victim of domestic abuse not a believer just somebody that I'd met in our the nursery where Daniel was going to and she had to be rehoused because of the destruction that had taken place in her home and she was put into a new property but it was blank it was kind of just cold and you know what it was brilliant our connect group went to her house armed with paint brushes and we all painted a different room for her three children and we did that, and it was a blessing to be involved in our Connect group to help reach out to other people. Our Connect group just this Christmas went to St. Willis to sing carols to um, in the wards in December. And we were thinking just the other day, about a number of years ago, we actually took um, our Connect group and a few others, didn't we, to Chaffinch Way in Dufferin, and a lady there who was um, bed-bound with cancer, wasn't able to get out of the home. Again, not coming to our church, but somebody on that street had, and they said it would be great to do something. So we just jumped in, and we arrived at Chaffinch Way in Dufferin, and we came with a sound system, and we just got there. Nobody had 
had asked us to do it from the church, but we just got there to be a light and just to shine in the midst of Chaffinch Way. It was at Christmas time. We had hampers to give out people. But I love to think how like being involved in fellowship with one another through connect groups and through your interactions with people, how it's so powerful to see how we can work and do things and meet people's needs, meet our own con- our own needs, but also reach out as well to the needs of other people. Yeah, and um, you know, with with Connect Group, like sometimes it can be intimidating to reach out to people on our own, but when we come together and you know we see a need or see an opportunity, like Faye said, we see an opportunity to reach out into 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 the world you know to to people that don't know Jesus when we do that together again it's it's just a great a great moment where our faith and our love can be practically expressed you know i was just thinking back to that that lady that we reached out to who's you know who was subject to domestic abuse and Faye had met that lady and um you know, she went, she went into her home and literally the home was, you know, just completely upside down. And I think, you know, the kitchen had been painted black and all kinds of crazy things had gone on. And, you know, that lady needed practical help. That lady was brought along face path for her to, to, to meet and to help. Now, we haven't seen that lady since. But that doesn't matter. We were there. We were chosen. We were given the opportunity. We were trusted by Jesus to help that lady in her need. And do you know, um, another aspect of of our reach is reaching out into the world in which we live. We're not going to have time really this morning to cover that. We'll, We'll talk about that next week and how we see that. It's so powerful how we see that outwork together within our church. We are, we together are living this, you know, we together are making this happen and it's really, really encouraging to see. But, you know, sometimes things can be, you know, like overwhelming to us individually, but when we meet together corporately or whether, when we meet together, you know, in a, in a small group setting, like those fears can be alleviated as we, as we reach and as we uh, work together in the world in which in which we live, it's it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing that that happens when we meet together. This morning, you might not be in a connect group. This morning, you might not be, you know, involved at this moment in time within you know serving within the church, and you're hearing about these things for the first time. What I what I would say to you is if you see this, this house as your home, if you see King's Church as the place where God has called you to be, to root your life in, to make this house your home, my advice to you, if you want to flourish in the house of God, throw yourself in wholeheartedly. Throw yourself in. That doesn't mean to say that you've got to make a quick decision this morning and, and just be impulsive. No, go home. Pray about it. Go home, ask the Lord, be open to new opportunities through this year. Consider it, consider it, but have the desire to throw yourself in wholeheartedly. We know that it's not easy sometimes for people to attend here every week. Their, their work schedule on a Sunday, you know, or even midweek, it's not easy. The, the demands of work, the demands of family life are, are, are big. And we have, to, we have to give, you know, our time to those responsibilities that we have. But let's also have our heart just open to the Lord to, to allow him to drop those seeds, those new seeds into our heart for opportunities within his house to serve, to serve him. Seth, do you want to say? Go on. Amen. 
<laughs> no, honestly, it's a privilege to be part of God's family. And he has planted us all here together. And honestly, it's a privilege for Dave and I to be able to lead our church. And um, like Dave said, just prayerfully consider, you know, the aspects of how our reach towards one another can look. It's reaching towards one another in love. Like I said earlier, in our services, going up to somebody, welcoming them, praying for a word for somebody and saying, you know, Lord, give me a word to encourage somebody. If there's somebody in this church that is believing for a word, Lord, give me a word. God, let the, let the life of God move through you and amongst you because there's power in that. There really is power. So our encouragement is, and we're so thankful for you, is to, like Dave said, you're already here. We're here today. Make the most of where we are together and how we can reach one another. Each one of you are unique unique you're not going to be the same as anybody else that's the beauty of your life jesus has made you you and he loves you he loves the uniqueness and the variety that is in his house and paul captured and understood this variety when he likened the church as a body and he said he said, he said, if everybody was an eye, where would the hearing be? He talked about the diversity of many different parts. Just like our body has many different parts, so the church has many different members. We are the members of his church. We're not carbon copies of one another. Thank God for that. We're all different. We've all got different gifts. This place is loaded with giftedness. Look around. Every single one of us has a unique part to play. Some of us are hidden away. And Paul talks about that. He says, you know, the body, the, the, the body has parts that, that are seen all the time. But those parts that are seen all the time are not necessarily the most important parts. The unseen parts, just like we have unseen organs within our body that have a vital function, so it is in the body of Christ, so it is in this church. And what we want to say this morning to you is this. You might, you might think, oh, do you know what? I really can't do anything in, in here. I, I, I really don't know what my role is. I tell you, God has a wonderful plan for you in this place. He really does. You are a special member in this church. And I believe in the, in, the, in the weeks, months, and even years to come, as you just faithfully just allow yourself to be open to new opportunities to serve in God's house, those opportunities will come and you will thrive. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're just going to close here. I'm going to pray in a moment. Every, every opportunity that I've had to serve in this church, I've always been afraid of. I've never walked it, into it confidently. I've never thought, oh yeah, I can do that. I'm the man for the job. No, I've always felt weak and vulnerable and like unsure whether I can do it. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes I've been afraid to step out. But to have people around me to encourage me to say, come on, Dave. We'll support you. We'll help you. We'll be alongside. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the necessary training that, that you need. To have those people around you helps you to start taking some strides. Helps you to start having some confidence and being able to serve. You might be here. You might be afraid. You might be not sure about taking that step into a connect group. I understand that. I've always been a little bit 
nervous about going into new people's homes, not knowing who, who I'm going to meet. So I completely understand that. You, you, you might be a little bit afraid of stepping into a new group to serve in a department within the church. Completely understand that. I've been there. We've all been there. But you know, as you, as you step out and put that fear behind you, the blessing, the blessing that you receive. Jesus said, it is better to give than to receive. And when you just, when you just give your life, and you say, do you know what? Irrespective of the fears, irrespective of my vulnerabilities, irrespective of me being nervous about getting involved, I'm just going to give my life and see what happens. You, when you give like that, when you give your life, you receive far more. Honestly, I have received far, far more from this church family, from you, than I've ever given I have received, I have received, I tell you, I have received far, far more as a result of being planted into this house than what I have given. I have given little, I'm telling you, I have given little in comparison to what I have received from this family. I have received so much and it's all just been through making a decision, a life commitment a life commitment to put my roots down. Amen. We've been blessed this morning. Hallelujah. We're in it together. We really are. We're in this together. We're going to sing in a moment before we go, but I just want to pray over you this morning, each and every one of us. You're so precious. Your life is so precious. And the fact that you're here today, the fact that we're here together today, pleases the heart of God. It really, really does. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness in our lives. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've called us out of this world to be your people, to be your church, to be your family in this city. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We, we, we're in the world, but we're in your kingdom. And Lord, you want us to shine as lights bright in this world. Holy Spirit, as your people, Lord, each and every one of us, I pray that your word would go to work in our lives. You'd strengthen those who are already working and serving. You'd give them the grace that they need to continue in their work and service to you in this house. And also to those, Lord, of us that may be on the, on the sidelines today or on the fringes. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your grace and your favor would be on us too. Lord, that you'd strengthen us, that you'd, you'd show us the special calling that you've given us in this house. We're each members of this body, vital, vital to its health, and as the head, Jesus, I pray that your life would flow through each and every member so that you would be lifted up and glorified in this church and in this city. We ask it in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>